0: Welcome back to the Public Smoke podcast. My name is Sam hey, and my
1: name is Mag. a banger mm. come on camp Cole. This there's a new guy for us yeah this guy was good really good where's he from again? i think he's i I think he's british i could be wrong i mean i got him off of a tv show <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got him off of a british tv
1: show all right well technically it's american whatever ted lasso, ted lasso. Is, ama- got, is a british tv lasso. show I got, I got it from ted lasso is it british really I mean, we're not alone tonight. Let's ask Danny. I don't think it's British,
0: but I've never seen
1: it either. You've never seen Ted Lasso? I I see him walking around young adults all
0: the time, but... Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to uh,
0: Palmetto Bay Young Adults. uh,
1: Come on now. Ted Lasso. Hey, let's clap it up. Ted Lasso. They got their own Ted Lasso there. We do. Man. Man, look, you know what? It's a great show. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I like his character. He's very nice, very wholesome guy. I like shows like that. Like nice wholesome shows.
0: Whatever, dude. Yeah, he is from he's from London.
1: He is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Cool. Right. I was right. <laughs> nice. I was wow. taking a while. I was like shoot I was like shooting in the dark there. I wasn't sure. But it's
0: interesting to hear like a folky like Yeah, man. Like a folky blues.
1: Yeah. Super crunchy, like nice beefy Dark tone, guitar, like, I love that. And the best part is he's a one-man band. He is a one-man band. He's a one-man show right there. That guy plays every instrument at the same time. Oh. So cool. Ridiculousness. You know who else is a one-man show? Give it to us. What we're getting into tonight. Jesus? Or this episode. Jeebus. Jesus? Yeah, I was going to say... Yeshua. Yeshua. The Mashiach. Actually, a three-person show.
0: (laughs) Hey. Yes, sir. So we are jumping into Luke chapter four today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have not caught up with the other episodes, please go do so because this is going to be good. Uh, we're doing something with Luke chapter four here. This is a very dense and long chapter. It is. There's a lot of stuff that's going on here. So we're actually be splitting Luke four into two mm-hmm. uh, so that we can really kind of cover what's going on here. So just to give you guys a quick uh, summary of what's happening and what we're going to discuss today we're, we're covering Luke 4 verses 1 through 22 21 sorry 21 yeah, 21 and this is uh 21, 21, this this 21. is this is the the recounting of Jesus's temptation in the wilderness where he resists the devil's temptations he then proclaims his messianic mission in the Nazareth synagogue, his hometown yep. and the people there initially react positively before becoming hostile at him yep. being like, I'm the Messiah. And they're like, what? No, you're not. So mm-hmm. they force him to leave. Yep. Uh, this passage highlights Jesus's divine authority. And we're going to be looking at the challenges he faced in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is a big
1: one. The, there's is. a lot of, there's a lot going on in this chapter. And I think the best thing in order to give each section their, their proper attention mm-hmm. um, and, and really try to like sift out, the, the theological meanings and, right. and application and so on and so forth is to take it, you know, two sections at a time. Mm-hmm. All right. So without further ado,
0: so so to look at this, uh, You have to you have to remember what happened right at the end of chapter three, and that was that Jesus just got baptized. Absolutely, we have this beautiful scene with the Trinity, where the where the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, and we hear the voice of the Father from heaven saying, "This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased." Right, and then as soon as that happens, you have uh, chapter four, verse one, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. Yep. It's funny because like in other, in 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 other gospels, synoptic gospels, Matthew and Mark, uh, kind of when you read that like transition, it kind of makes it seem like he got baptized and just ran out of the water and ran into the desert. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yep, that's exactly how it reads. Like they're like he was baptized and then he ran into the wilderness, being driven by the Holy Spirit. It's like wait, what? He just ran, soaking wet. He just just ran into the desert. He just went. I need to dry. <laughs> I'm kidding uh, but, like, uh Pentecostals run yeah right Woo. they do their little step dance uh, oh, but uh we have the button Brown like <laughs> 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 but you know here it's here it's different it's like you know he returned from the Jordan and then was led by the Holy Spirit into yes. the wilderness for 40 days and why because he was here to be tempted yeah now that's very interesting for Jesus to be tempted.
1: You know but what's interesting about that it's 40 days and 40 nights in the desert what does that sound like the 40 years yeah the that 40 the israelites years. spent traveling the wilderness absolutely and you know we're going to see a lot of imagery like that within this chapter right? mm-hmm. even without throughout the book of luke there's going to be a lot of imagery that points back to the old testament to maybe uh, scenes from the old Testament that may mm-hmm. seem like something that you've heard before something it, it reads like it's very familiar because it should be right. Because of, because all of those instances, instances in the old Testament, mm-hmm. they were all pointing to a greater, more to a, to a greater and better right. situation, a better circumstance, which we will get to at the end of this chapter. So right.
0: some of the, so some of that imagery that we'll also see here is like, and he ate nothing during those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he and when they were ended he was hungry so that's like that we see Moses when he goes up onto the mountain with God and yep. he spends 40 days, 40 on, the days on the mountain top with God and he didn't eat anything during yeah. that time he was just in the presence of the Lord and as soon as he came down he was like i need some food i'm famished over here. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but here we see something different right so verse 3 the devil said to him if you are the son of god command this stone to become bread and Jesus answered him, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. From so there's from Deuteronomy from Deuteronomy eight. chapter eight. Exactly. He's just
1: not like like this was not just Christ's ingenious and wittiness that he's just you know talking back to the devil and saying right. hey d- no but he's quoting he's quoting from scripture. Moses from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and he does this with with good reason mm-hmm.
0: and so and so there's so so there's three temptations that you're going to see in this passage that the devil gives to Jesus and each one of these three things have to do a lot with his authority yep. as being 100% human and 100% god right the devil the devil is really challenging Jesus on who he is Pretty much, yeah, and and there's there's something to note here about temptation, yeah, right, because there's there's three different types of temptations that we can see, right. The first is uh, Satan tempting people, so the enemy tempting people, and he lures them to do evil. and the, And and the important thing that you need to know is that God never does this nor can he himself be tempted in this way. Right? We can see James one thirteen covers that. And further, not all temptation comes directly from Satan. Often it comes from our own lower nature. Uh, and that kind of leads into the second type of temptation where just people tempt other people. Yep. like. We're tempted, we tempt each other. We tempt each other all, all the time with different things. Like, and that's something that we can see in Scripture that it's like Jesus tells us, "Hey, don't tempt your brother if he's struggling with this. Absolutely. Like, don't put it in front of him. Sure. Uh, sure. You know, we we see that with Peter, where it's like, you know, if, if your brother doesn't want to eat meat or the, can't eat meat, then don't eat meat in front of don't him. Don't eat meat like, in front of don't him. Don't make him stumble. Right. Yeah, so that's it's
1: uh, the idea of the, the 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 idea of the weaker brother and so on and so forth.
0: Right. So so in that like. God in the sense of provoking him through unreasonable demands contrary to faith. This is what Israel did in the desert and what is probably referred to in Jesus' quotation of Deuteronomy 6.16. And then the final one, and this is something that, this is is the big one that people really need to understand. Yeah, this is a big one. Is that many times people will be like, why is God tempting me? He's not. He's not. God never tempts people. To tempt someone is like an evil thing. It's a sinful thing to tempt someone. So for God, it's more God is testing someone, right? So when God tests someone, it's not to tempt you, but you know, as He did with the Israelites and as He did with them in the desert, uh, all like He's putting you to the test. Are you going to be faithful to Me? Are you going to be obedient to the things that I've
1: asked you to do? Like you know, what's interesting about God's testings is that God is completely sovereign. Mm-hmm. He He knows. So God's tests of His people. Aren't necessarily, and God, honestly, funny enough, God doesn't really test people who aren't his. No. So if we feel like this is a test from the Lord, maybe you belong to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, But (laughs) funny enough, uh, what's interesting about this is about God's testing and his sovereignty is that Mm -hmm. God knows everything. God is fully aware of what's going on in your personal life, just like he is fully aware of that little grain of sand rolling through the Sahara. He's completely aware of everything. He's completely aware of the wind blowing and the seas shifting. He's completely mm-hmm. aware. So his tests aren't necessarily tests for him to measure where you're at, but most of the time, actually every time, it's him testing you so you can see where you're at as a believer, mm-hmm. as a Christian. So it's when we're when, yeah, when we're faced with with tests from the Lord, when it feels like we're being tested. It's for you to really gauge where you're at as a believer. Am I being faithful? Am I not being faithful? Mm-hmm. Am I giving way to Satan? Am I giving way to people? Am I giving way to my job? Am I giving, you know, am I, where am I with the Lord here mm-hmm. during this, during this period of, of testing? Right.
0: So that kind of leads to the question, like, was Jesus being tempted, like tested by his father?
1: <laughs> and what does he do when he's tempted by the enemy? he quotes back scripture. He uses his father's words. So let's look at these at these three tests.
0: So let's look at the first one. Uh, again, uh, you know, he's hungry and all this other things and the devil said to him, "If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread." And Jesus answered him, "It is written, man shall not live by bread alone." So like looking at this one, it's like, "I know who you are. I know you can turn this stone into bread. I know you have the power to do it. Just
1: do it." You're hungry. Just yeah, go and ahead. it's also a test of, of physical hunger and, mm-hmm. and, and spiritual nourishment. It's it's that dichotomy there. Are are you hungrier than you are willing to give to your own power? Mm. Because what what Satan is doing here, and it's interestingly enough, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I think that's what Ephesians? Yeah. Many other places. Satan has authority and dominion here on earth. And this is some this is an idea that a lot of people, a lot of people may struggle with. It might even be a little controversial to someone hearing this. Yes, the Lord is in control. Yes, the Lord is sovereign. But at the end of the day, this sinful, broken, groaning universe that we live in, this world that we live in, was handed over to Satan. Mm-hmm. Belongs and he, to Satan,
0: and he does have a certain level of power that absolutely. he can do like, ju- like Absolutely, like like take Job, absolutely take the example of Job. That's the a great devil, example. The devil came over to the Lord hey, and was like,
1: "Hey, give me someone. Give me. I we consider Job. Oh, he's never going to turn against you because you've given him everything. All right, go ahead. I'll let you take whatever you want. You just can't kill him. Just don't kill him. Take his family. Take his wife. Take his health. Mm. You just can't kill him. What does Job do? Great faithful. picture, yeah. Great picture, great picture of Christ. Because you know what, he was completely faithful as well. Yeah. He was completely faithful. Now, this is really interesting. That this whole world belongs to Satan. So Satan here is tempting Jesus. Are you hungry? Yes, you are. I don't know if you ever fasted. I know you have. Yeah. During fasts, which I don't tend to do very often, <laughs> only when I really have to. As you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Um, Shut up. <laughs> Pot calling so, the kettle but, black over but, here. <laughs> <laughs> but when you go through a period of, 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 of uh, fasting, it's very challenging. Oh, absolutely. You're, it, it, it does something to your body where you're irritable. You're annoyed. You're just you're tired. You're tired, lethargic. You don't you're want just to deal with anyone's crap. Oh my crap. gosh! You don't want to deal with anything or anyone. It, it, it's it's really challenging. But then you get past that, mm-hmm. and it gets a little worse. Yeah, <laughs> because then you actually want to eat. But then when you do eat, everything is everything just doesn't sit right because you've been mm-hmm. fasting for three days or a couple hours or whatever, and your stomach's turned. Jesus, here is is. Being faced with that challenge, do I want physical sustenance or do I want spiritual Spiritual nourishment? Mm. And Christ, I mean, Christ just in his perfect way of being, he hey, man doesn't live on bread alone. And that's such a powerful answer because more often than not, we tend to think that we do live on bread we tend to think that hey the only thing that is going to sustain me is to have something physical in front of me the only thing that's going to sustain me is to know that that bank account is fat the only thing that's going to sustain me is that i have bread to eat that that the tangible things that i have right here right now are the most important things to me but jesus here is saying that the most important thing that he has is the spiritual is that spiritual nourishment that he's getting through that period of fasting through that period of testing mm that's good
0: let's go on to the next one uh verse five and the devil took it he's like right, i can't catch him on this one on the devil took and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him to you i will give all the authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and i give to whom i will if you then will worship me it will all be yours that's right. boy and jesus answered him it is written You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now, this is really big because this is now going towards, am I going to glorify God, or am I going to glorify and worship the devil? And this is like, yeah, sure. I do think that the devil does have the authority to give people authority. Mm -hmm. Like, it happens all the time. Look at Hollywood. Look at all the crap that they're going through right now. Like, they have... They can do whatever they want, and it seems like they get away with it every single time. And they can just pull a few strings, and nothing happens. And that happens all the time because he's probably made the same temptation to them. <laughs> like, if you would worship me, I'll give you these things. But and we you look know what? back some at some of the
1: things that we hear coming out of Hollywood. I wouldn't doubt it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, the, I mean, I mean, I I wholeheartedly believe the screw tape letters. By, oh yes, um, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. There's a great movie out there called *Nefarious* fantastic Mm. film it's a little scary if you have small children don't watch it with them halloween movie yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i mean but there's there's other this isn't the only passage in scripture that gives us credence to Mm -hmm. that Uh, we have other passages for example excuse me sorry i had to sneeze um ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 through 2 and you were dead in your trespasses and sins In which you once walked, followed the course of the world, followed the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the son of disobedience. Mm.
0: First, sorry, give me me one more. Go Go ahead, let me
1: give you one more. First Peter, chapter, first Peter, chapter five, verse eight. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour.
0: Mm.
1: He, this is this is not a that the, these verses and and Christ's experience aren't necessarily experiences that were isolated to the first century. Mm-hmm. These are experiences that these are ongoing thematic statements that are timeless. Mm it is as true in the first century for luke as it was as it was for jesus as it was for peter hmm. as it is for us today the the, the enemy the satan is a, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking you out he is not waiting for you to stumble hmm. he is he is casting temptation after temptation after temptation in front of you knowing your weaknesses knowing what you're going to fall to waiting for you to stumble Mm. so he can prowl so he can pounce on you and devour you Mm. he's he he is looking for and this is why we have to be so cautious and not giving the enemy any kind of leeway Mm -hmm. this is why immediately into this chapter it's not that satan's prowling around like a, like like a lion, but Jesus already understood that he is around. Mm-hmm. So when he came at him, he said, hey, man, man doesn't live on bread alone. So the very next thing that happens here, what happens? Satan shows him all of the kingdoms, and which, by the way, I've been to this area of Israel before, and people always say, "Hey, look! This is the this is the mountain where Jesus was tempted. This is the Mount of Temptation, or whatever." <laughs> and you're you're driving through Galilee. It was a uh, yeah. It's like you're driving through Galilee, and you kind of like see it. And I've been to very beautiful places around the world. I most recently went to Yosemite, and it was an incredible experience. It was so beautiful. I like, driving through this and remembering, you know, my experience in Israel. I looked up at this mountain, at this mountain, and it was probably about twelve hundred feet. when i went to yosemite bro 11,000 12,000 feet of elevation maybe more than that 20 something thousand feet of elevation if i mean satan really going to show you the <laughs> world on 1200 feet bro you you can't you can't see across the city when 1200 feet right like much less are you going to see him show them the world just satan's dominion is very limited to this world mm-hmm. this is why jesus re- jesus's responses to satan are man doesn't live on bread alone things that can only come from this world Jesus' responses transcend this world mm-hmm. this is why our trust in christ has to transcend this world as well
0: and then and then something something that i'm thinking about here is like looking at what he's using like you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Yeah. Like this is this is coming from uh, where is this? This is in Deuteronomy six, mm-hmm. right? But this is also like looking at the Ten Commandments. So it's looking at Levitical law. and It's like the first one. <laughs> like the first few, the first few laws are all about your relationship with God and how you should have no other gods before Him, and everything else is idol worship, and you're not supposed to do that like, and honor him and everything that you do. So it's like, if I'm looking at this, then it's even, you know, in, in Old Testament we see the God's little G, right? Yeah. And how the Israelites constantly would just forsake God and just go worship other ones. And they had all these altars to other gods and everything else, and it's like God would show them time after time after time after time that these people don't do anything for you. Like, exactly what you're saying, like. Satan's dominion is so limited. What 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 is he actually so he, going to give you power over?
1: Here, right here, right like, now. It doesn't transcend anything eternal. Exactly.
0: And then and then if you look at it into even just the first century with like Greek and Roman pa, uh, pantheons, right, it's it's almost exactly how exactly the same. It, it's it's almost exactly the same. And even further, they break this down even down to you know Catholics have the same thing with their saints. Sorry if you're Catholic. Yeah but they have specific gods and saints to specific things. For, for specific things. So you're telling me that this God can only do this one thing for you. Right. This God can only do this one thing for you. This right. saint can only do this one thing. This saint can only do this one thing. Right. And all of it is being attributed to Satan. Hmm. All of it at the end of the day is saying he's only limited in what he can do, and he can't offer you the things that he's actually saying that he can offer you. The only person who can do that is the Lord. And if you worship him and serve him, That's where it opens
1: up for you. Absolutely. And then finally, the testing of God. The testing of God. Here we go. Verse
0: 9. And he took him to Jerusalem and and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God throw yourself down from here for it is written. And this is the funny part. We're like, Oh crap. Wait, the demons and and the devil (laughs) know scripture. Uh Oh, Oh, Uh, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him. It is said, you shall not not put put the the Lord Lord God, God." your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Mm. So this one's really, really big. Because like we said before, God does give us tests. Absolutely. God will give us tests to build our faith, to show us our faith, to help us, to edify us, to sanctify us, to push us into a place where we trust him more and more and more and more. But this is literally saying, like, don't test me, son.
1: Yeah. Like. Don't test me.
0: I will test you when I'm ready to test you. But don't ask for me to test you. You don't want me to test you. Right. (laughs) That's good. <laughs> it's, you don't want me to tell because if I have to test
1: you from your asking. And what I love about this is the way that it was written, mm-hmm. you shall not put the Lord your, your God, God to the test. This is not, you know, God isn't Jesus here isn't saying, Hey, don't don't test me. He, not He's not just saying, Don't test me. He's claiming his authority over satan mm-hmm. he even though satan does have authority over this world now, christ has greater authority than even satan now you know what's fun here
0: is this specific quote you shall not test the lord your god yeah comes from isaiah 7.
1: i thought it was deuteronomy 6.
0: my i well i don't know Logash is showing me isaiah 7. uh it's 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 stating it from isaiah seven twelve, uh and the passage the the subtitle passage here is the sign of Emmanuel.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So, 7.10 through a few verses. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to test." To the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel.
1: So, that's the, that's, the original reference is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. And it says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massah.
0: Oh, yes. And this is all constantly going back to this is
1: constantly going back referring back into the old testament so that if a jew is reading this it's oh wait oh wow we saw this before we've seen this so there's a couple of there's a couple of theological themes that we see here and and the first one is that we have a theological theme of christ's humanity mm. there's there's big implications here as we saw in our study throughout hebrews we saw in hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 we see jesus as our great high priest who can emph- empathize with us with our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and this is what's going on here in Jesus' humanity in his own personal weakness as a human being he's hungry
0: Mm -hmm.
1: he's probably irritable he's most likely um maybe even considering everything he's listening to everything that satan is is putting out in front of him Mm -hmm. i mean if jesus is human he he may be even thinking Hmm. wow that's kind of cool. Even on that third one, you know, you make a good point. You know, there. you you know what? That's interesting. That's interesting. But in Jesus's deity, mm. his divine nature does not let him stumble into that sin,
0: Mm-mm.
1: knowing that he is fully God, not just fully human. That this is why he transcends our limited capacities, our limited natures. I mean, hey, I'll be honest with you. Between us, just you and me. You put that up in front of me when I'm starving, buddy, I'ma eat that cheeseburger. I mean, when I when, when I am flat broke, if you tell me, hey, all you have to do is cross over this line and the kingdoms of the world are all yours, and I'm and your I'm looking at flat gonna, broke. Your bank account's showing six figures, seven figures. I mean, who's not gonna fall to that? And if, if we're being all honest here. Mm-hmm. This is why Jesus is our perfect high priest. This is why here he personifies that that his, not only his humanity, but his deity. Mm-hmm. Why? Because this is all, his, his humanity because this is temptation, his deity because he's not falling to it. But you know what I love here is
0: also that because of his humanity, he's setting a very good example for us. He's Absolutely. setting the perfect example for us to, to have temperance during temptations. Mm-hmm. To be able to control ourselves and to continue to be obedient oh, yeah. and faithful to the Lord. Because after all these temptations, what do we see? We see it right there in verse 13. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we don't see that opportune time again until the garden of Gethsemane.
1: Yep.
0: It would be three years before he would, he would have that opportune time again to tempt Jesus. But here it's, if you're faithful to the Lord, if you're obedient to him, if you can push through those temptations and those trials, he will make the enemy go away from you. Absolutely. The enemy will depart from you because he will see that you are faithful and that he really can't get you to falter. And he's going to leave you alone right now. Absolutely. Because he's going to see, oh, wait, this person's built up their faith big enough that they're they're seeing through every single freaking thing that I'm throwing at them. I can't do anything to him right now. Let me come back later.
1: Well, so we, we let's let's move on from from the temptation of Jesus to Jesus announces his mission. Yes, from verse fourteen through verse twenty one. So Jesus here, you know, setting the stage. Jesus returns to Galilee and his teachings in the synagogue. So you know, there's an introduction to to Nazareth that you know this this is kind of like. This, this is a very significant episode oh. because there's a lot going out on here. So Jesus, in his return to Nazareth, this is his hometown. Mm-hmm. It's Sabbath day. He goes to the synagogue, and he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Where is he reading from? He's reading from Isaiah 61.
0: Mm. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set, a liber- to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor.
1: Why is this? Why did he read that particular text, Sam? He reads this specific text because this is... That, that question has always like plagued me. Like, Why <laughs> that one? <laughs> So there's there's some there's some there's some debate on whether By the way I'm sorry considering that Luke is writing this.
0: Yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, there's 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 some debate on whether that was the scroll that was intended for that Sabbath. Uh, there's some debate on whether he chose that scroll. Maybe it was uh, himself. divine timing. Maybe it was divine timing that you know he showed up and they're like hey Jesus you want to read
1: today and he's like yeah sure what's the scroll here you go. There you go. Uh, and, and by and the way this 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 if this scene in the Chosen is magnificent. Oh, it's beautiful in the
0: Chosen. Magnificent. Go, go, go! Watch go the watch scene in the, in the Chosen. But it's amazing because here, it's it's what he is reading from is the messianic the the duties of the Messiah, the mm-hmm. messianic duties that are going to be played out by the person that was to come by the Christ. Yeah. And he follows this up by you know tra- tradition was you'd read from the scroll. Roll it back up, hand it back over to the rabbi, and then you'd sit down and and expound on it and discuss that.
1: Well, you know, this is interesting because before we continue, synagogues are a big deal. Yeah. Or kind of a big deal because they don't make their, they're they're not mentioned at all in the Old Testament. Mm -mm. There's not one place in the Old Testament that you're going to find a synagogue. Mm -mm. Why? Well, they, they had the temple. They had the temple at the time. They had the temple. So if you have the temple, why go to the synagogue? Well, you know, the synagogue becomes bigger deal when the destruction of the temple happens and stuff like that. People need a place to go and read, they need a place to go and pray and all and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Synagogues were used exactly for this. They were used to open up God's word. They were used they were used more of of a study sanctuary,
0: mm-hmm. which the modern day churches which is, is what the
1: modern day church is kind of like modeled after. Right. So the sanctuary was basically, the essence of it was they would come in, read from the scroll, sit down, and discuss amongst the rabbis. And that's where the Talmud came mm-hmm. from. That's where all of the rabbinical literature came from. They would sit down in the synagogue, and they would pen they were all right. of this. And, and, and for, the,
0: for the normal lay person who was not a rabbi, who was not a scribe, mm-hmm. you're just sitting on the outskirts of, of the synagogues so you're standing on this you're standing on the outside walls of the synagogue just listening to the rabbis talk about this and discuss through it and give application and how are we supposed to live this out and everything else right so here jesus now throws at them <laughs> today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing oh so they're all excited because you know jesus has has already been kind of going around and talking to people and like doing all these things and, you know, he's he's kind of affirmed John the Baptist and people are like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's doing that because he's his cousin. But now he's returned home and the people are like, oh, <clears throat> Jesus came back. Cool. We've heard you've been going around teaching. Hey, would you like to come and teach us today? Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> and this is what he gets.
0: And it's instead of going into this, you know, we're waiting for the Messiah to come and this is what he's going to do for us. And, and especially during first century time, like, the Jews were waiting for their Messiah to come because he's supposed to liberate them from mm-hmm. everything that's happening, including oh, yeah. Roman oppression. Oh, yeah. Because while the Jews still kind of operated as their own governance, they still had to enter to Rome, and Rome was extremely rough on them. Yep. And here he's looking at them saying, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing.
1: With all of that in mind, read, read the verse again. Read Isaiah 61, 1 through 2 again.
0: The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the gear of the Lord's favor.
1: Now imagine Jesus reading that, and at the end of that, he says, today this has been fulfilled.
0: The immediate response, I think, is perfect, how they put it in The Chosen, where the rabbi looks at him and says, are
1: you you claiming to be... That's exactly what would have happened because you can't read a scroll like that and take on its personification of the implications of the text mm-hmm. and say, G- G- what Jesus is saying is this text that you are all hoping for, that Messiah that this text is talking about, I'm fulfilling that right mm-hmm. now. Immediately, the room, it, you can just immediately feel the tension in the room. Mm-hmm because it's such a profound characteristic to take on yourself. Mm -hmm. No one, no one, not at all, not one person in the first century would have been crazy enough. And I say that with a grain of salt. No one would have been crazy enough to take that on for themselves because they knew what it meant. And if you did not deliver on that, you would have been crucified, Mm. pun intended absolutely that that is that is a that that is a high crime no it is that's essentially in the eyes of of the scholars and in the eyes of the sadducees the fairies the fairies the pharisees the Pharisees, the, the the essenes that's that's blasphemy
0: but here's but here's the beautiful portion of what luke does here and i love how i love how luke sets up his flow like his his yep. his 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 literature flow. Because in the passage right before, he is showing us Jesus' his full humanity. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then right afterwards, he's showing us his divinity.
1: That's that's excellent writing sequence.
0: Excellent writing sequences. And it's like the the two things put together show just this painting of who Jesus is is in his entirety he's fully human he's fully divine he has struggled through everything that we've gone through yet he's here to do a mission
1: you know what's brilliant about this passage is that there's really i mean there's there's debates about this into textual critics and things like that but there's really only one other writer that does something so brilliantly and that's john yeah in the book of john i mean and I would say that Luke even does it in a more brilliant way because he does that in the span of, what, 21 verses? Mm-hmm. It took John three chapters to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I love, I love how, so, so Jesus gets this super hostile response. Yep, And then just what he leaves them with is just, doubtless you will quote to me this Proverbs, physician, heal yourself what we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown, but in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came all over the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow, and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only name in the Syrian. And what he is doing here is telling them hey i'm here i just let you know that i'm here but i'm not here for you i'm not here for you and he's using one of the greatest prophets that israel had ever seen to show them that i'm here for more than just you guys so now you've told us that you're the messiah but now you're telling us that you're not here for us I'm gonna like I can I can if I was a Jew Jesus, in the room only Jesus can only Jesus that. can do that and this is why I call Jesus sassy like
1: <laughs> he did he called Jesus sassy last week <laughs>
0: I, I will forever call Jesus sassy because of stuff like this That's bro sassy. like this is like this is pure like I don't care what do you what are you gonna do about it mm-hmm. like this is the mission that I was sent to do and this this is actually super important for us who are not Jewish because this is jesus telling the world i'm here to save everyone that everyone that would believe yeah that's the good news
1: right there luke is brilliant luke is amazing luke is absolutely brilliant i think this is fantastic and that was just the first half of this chapter
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the response they wanted to throw him off a cliff <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's why and even <laughs> in the show, even in the Chosen, he's like, "I gotta go now." <laughs> oh, you gotta go, guys! And he just looks at all of them. He's like,
0: "No, you're you're not gonna kill me today. I'm gonna do that today. It's not my time." Hmm? And he
1: just walks past them, and he leaves. <sighs> that's brilliant, brilliant.
0: Give people the good news. I think what we can, and the, and here's another example: give people the good news. Tell people about Jesus. Give them the gospel. And if they don't want to hear you
1: walk away. You know what's, yep, that's beautiful. Something here that's very powerful is also Jesus' testimony through Mm -hmm. temptation. Mm. And I think that's something that we don't take, that's something that a lot of Christians don't use enough, Mm -hmm. is their personal testimony through times of temptation. So many times as a Christian, we're tempted, Mm -hmm. left and right, all the time. And when we're not honest, not only with ourselves but with others about that we may be limited we may be limiting the blessing of our testimony mm-hmm. to someone we don't know what other people are dealing with we don't know what struggles they have we don't know we don't know that perhaps there could be there is a there is power in your testimony mm-hmm. go and share it with people Go and tell people what the Lord has taken you out of. Mm. And if the Lord hasn't taken you out of anything, that is your testimony. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to deal with drugs. You didn't have to deal with this crazy addiction. You didn't have to deal with all of these, all of this craziness. But your testimony could very well be, I accepted Jesus, and he's kept me to this day. Mm. And that's, to me, personally, the, the, those, to me, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Those, To me, those are the most powerful testimonies. Because they show the, the faithfulness of the Lord. Mm. But also those big, crazy testimonies, those are equally as powerful. Because they equally show the faithfulness of the Lord. Mm. And that is what Jesus is doing in the Mount of Temptation. He's showing his faithfulness, not only to his humanity, for the sake of salvation, but for the sake of his deity, also for the sake of salvation. Because if you would have... Oh, yeah. If you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. Oh, yeah. There we go. Thanks, Vody. Um, if, if we... Amen if we disconnect the humanity of jesus from the deity of jesus it all falls apart it all falls apart it's that's it it all falls apart it all has to come together and we'll see this later throughout the book absolutely
0: well we're going to stop this right here join us in the next episode so we can finish off chapter 4 love you
1: guys grace and peace
0: oh yeah.
1: get him cam
0: we'll, we'll play this back for damage you Danny. <laughs> That's that
1: British blues for ya. More man-man.